I look any different than you? My blood bleeds red, baby Eyes, baby, blue, though Bet you at least one of those I bet you got a heart that's been broke I bet you lost faith and hope I bet you got a lot of secrets That you won't let no one know Bet you tired, but you still play Up all night, thinking about that one day Can't go back, can't do it, then you do it Then you lose it, now you're choosing and abusing What you're using, so confusing Bet you figure it out, bet you make it out Bet you stake it out, bet you in a cycle Bet you in a season, I bet you won't break away From believing We are one day away 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 from being free. Gonna die one day though I bet you go through both of those Yeah, I bet you got a couple people you can't trust I bet you do a lot of good but surviving's a must Find it in you like a mean you gotta stay hungry Play your cards, poke a rook, rummy Yeah, you don't know pain till you see it in another's eyes When you say goodbye for the very last time And your chest gets tight while we gotta fight for peace Some man right now ah, What's it gonna take? Open your eyes and see Never ever give up, Jimmy B Take a stand, take a knee Whatever you believe, be you and L-O-V-E We are one day away 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 From being free Do I look any different than you? Yo, what up, what up, y'all? Welcome back to the Collective Unfiltered. No, it looks a little different. I got my my ace with me, my homie, Jamel. Y'all send prayers her way, her and her family. Um, <clears throat> but me, I'm going to hold it down. Bobby's always in the background holding it down. Special, special guest today, man. We're about to get, you know, we love to have our volunteer families join us, so... Y'all, before I go any further, we're going to have Mr. Jeff Coleman in the building, all right? So one thing I definitely want to say is a big shout out to our sponsors, all right? <clears throat> Tap House, Tennessee Tap House. Y'all lost my voice, Coach, and I ain't, ain't going to bullshit y'all, all right? But uh, Tennessee Tap House, uh, dang, I'm about to be as bad as Darnell. What was that? <laughs> Hound Dogs, Hound Dogs in Knoxville. Orange Mountain Designs, uh, Just Pass It Tutoring. We definitely appreciate y'all. And if y'all were wondering who that song was right there, that is our very own, my Lady Ball sister, Kate McMahon, former Lady Ball basketball. That's one of her new singles called Free. I love it because it's just about, you know, that unity and what we're looking for in the world today. So, Kate Mac, I appreciate you uh, letting me use your song. Uh, Jeff, man, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? <laughs> no, I appreciate you having me on. I've watched, you know, I've seen your show. I admire what you what you do. What you all do, we got a chance to talk. Um, you know, I watched you play, so of course I appreciate you know what you did and uh, just being a, a fellow 
evolve and the lady, you know, you've been a lady volunteer. So I, I, I love what you do with your show. So I'm just happy to be here, happy have you on. So thank you. I'm definitely happy. We got a champ in the building, you understand? So I'm definitely to I'm definitely happy to share that. We share that blood right there, that yeah. champion blood. Um all right, so let's get into it, man. Introduce yourself kind of to the people, what you got going on now, and then, you know, we just going to vibe out. So, yeah, with me, I, you know, I was, I, I got to Tennessee in 1995. Um, we had a, a special time during my, my whole career there in Tennessee, not just football. <clears> like, <throat> I tell people this all the time, like some of the most special moments and some of the things I appreciated most about being at the University of Tennessee didn't have anything to do with football. Actually, well, football is kind of a way, but you know, one one of the you know, there's three things for me that that I left Tennessee with, you know, outside of my degree. You know, we won a national championship. I met Reggie White. I met Pat Sun, and you know, that was I, I talk about this to people all the time. You know, they want to talk about all this other stuff. Should I like bring up you know talking about Pat and just how she would walk into a room and how she would take over things. So that that was. My time in Tennessee, you know, those four years, you know, we had a lot of success on the football field, but the friends I made there, the people that I still know, that that one togetherness that we had, because you and I had met before today, but we, we started talking, and it's just there's certain things that you connect over, shared experiences. We've been in the same place. We won, we've done some of the same things. So just having that, you can't explain it to people who are outside of, you know, our, our little universe that we share. So just, you know, that was my – my Tennessee time there, you know, as I was leaving, you know, I had a SEC championship game. I had an injury, you know, I had a, a, a tough road to, to try to keep playing anyway. I, I only wanted to play two, three years after I left there anyway, but that wasn't in the cars for me, wasn't the plans. Went to Canada, you know, played four years, got hurt. And I, I changed my gears right there. I was already making, you know, plans for what am I, what am I going to do next while I was still doing that thing. So I was just like, I shifted my gears quickly. You know, I started, you know, things that I was doing at the University of Tennessee. I used to volunteer at Vine Middle School. Mm -hmm. I worked with Urban League. I did, you know, I volunteered. I, I actually interned at HUD that's right there downtown, you know, before I left. So I started laying the groundwork for further down the line while I was still there. So, you know, eventually I, I started caught on with the career and started utilizing some of those things, doing community outreach. You know, Mechanicsville right there in Knoxville. I remember when that was where projects and, had to go out and talk to the people about them with changing them over to single family homes. So I, I started working in that field, you know, getting out there and, you know, working to, to help people and make things better. So that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years or so. I, I do project management, program management, community outreach, I work with elected officials, nonprofits, anything to try to get funding to help people, nonprofits that are out helping people. So that, that's what I do and what I spend my time doing right now. Um, outside of my volunteer work, I'm such a booster club president do other things in the community. So right now, it's, a, it's a, for me, it's all about connecting, helping people, you know, doing something positive and, you know, let my voice be heard, whatever that is. Man, he's got it going on, don't he, Like I know, right? I, Golly, I, I feel like here, a like, failure. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get real passionate, man. Like, people, I start talking about stuff. People can tell when I'm into something by the way I talk about it because if I'm not really into it, I was just like, eh. But when I start talking about these kids, I start talking about my job and helping people, it's just a different, you know, bounce to my to my voice. Now I, I really I'm into what I I I don't have time like I I don't have time to waste doing that. Anything I'm doing right now it has to either be a passion or has to be something that's going to be beneficial, you know, at this point. Well, Deuce and Billy both told me your nickname was the Great Debater. 
that, that came from uh, it was funny. You know, I looked at the comments from Saturday, and it was this guy. He said, he said, damn, he's like Coleman. He's like he could argue the sky. He could debate the sky being blue. That's said, what Billy said. Being a lawyer, yeah. I, I, so no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm opinion. Like I feel like I, you know, I, I'm opinionated. I like like to voice my opinion, and you know, we had a, some good debates over Gibbs Hall, so. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the things that, you know, you've been on the show before. You came on last year with Deuce and Billy and just a lot of the stories uh, that, that was told that, man, y'all were getting fights on the practice field. But when you go back to Gibbs Hall, you'd be playing Tiger Woods and video games. That, that's just some of the – that's just so unusual. It, it, is that just what makes a good team? Yes, it's that's really what makes not, a good team. Yeah, it's really not unusual because I saw recently where uh, Earl Thomas, you know, he really he got released for punching a teammate. I saw a bunch of teammates get punched. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a certain way to go about it. But when you get in between those lines, you know how to separate when you're an athlete because when you're ultra competitive, when you get dropped into a situation where everybody around you is ultra competitive, it's like you that's, that, that's what comes out of it. You learn not to take that personal. It's, it's it, we don't even have to wait to get back to the dorm. It's on the sideline. You've seen guys fighting, and then they're standing on the sideline, joking about it, and you know people, you know, making fun of it. It's, it's not, you know, I, I don't get the big deal about that. It, was, it wasn't weird to me to see that. I saw it high school, college, you know. It's normal, in my opinion. Like you say, you got ultra competitive people. Coach, some used to love when we was about to fight. I mean, we pushing, cussing each other out. Hell, she was fighting you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She yoke us up too. Um, but that's just that's just what it is. And especially when you're playing contact sports, yeah. like it, it's it's kind of hard not to to almost or get in a fight. Like it's 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 tough. I, I won't say the coaches' names. We had so we had um a situation, you know, lovers lane in football. That's where yeah. you had the defensive uh, lineman going against the offensive Rita and I were talking about that this weekend. Yeah, that's the brass rush and it gets not just the players, the coaches get, they talk this way. So we had some coaches get into it and get into the fray. You know, somebody busted their head. It's, 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 that's part of what we do. Wow. You were telling me a story uh, a couple of days ago, Jeff. It just blows my mind. And, I, and, and this is the perfect show to talk about it. You were talking about how, you know, all the things that you did with the Lady Vols and what it was like when Coach Summit would walk into the room. <clears throat> kind of tell everybody what you told me behind the scenes, what you witnessed as a football player of when yeah. Coach Summit would walk in a room. So just personal on that first step, I, I've, I've said this and everybody knows, and my wife, everybody knows, I'm like the biggest Lady Vaughn fan. And what, I went to I, I, I went to more of those games, and I went, no, no shot, no, no disrespect to my fellas, you know, but I went to more Lady Vaughn games than I did, you know, anything else. I was a regular. At that I was really into, you know, what they were doing. It was because of Pat. Because, you know, if you go to that cafeteria, and especially when you're a young young player, it can be intimidating. You know, the whole football team's there. You got athletes, and it's not just the football team. There's other athletes there. And you have these big-time, you know, athletes, people who are Olympians, and people, all these people walking through, coming through there, people just going to the NBA and just all these different athletes. And it's intimidating. But it can be for a young person, but no, nobody commanded a room like Pat did. When Pat walked into any room that she was that I was ever in, that she walked in, people just automatically, you look at her, you give her that respect. And she doesn't have to say anything. It's, no, she would say something. She would, 
she would have words for you, but she didn't have to. Was the thing she could everybody like a hush went over, and you know people would just just look and see what she was what she was doing, and um you know when she did have things to say to us, it was always you know it, it was something that you know either stuck with you, something that resonated, something that she saw like how, like you know she's a basketball coach, how does she know this kind of stuff? So she was just. And it wasn't about like you know X's and O's or anything else. She she inspired people to be better at what you're doing and to get on your shit. It was like she didn't take any bullshit. You could tell that like she and she didn't have to tell you I don't take your shit. You yeah. knew she didn't take your shit. So <laughs> just just her aura, but that's the word I use like the aura. Like you know how Rick James had an aura. She you could see her aura when she was like anywhere. And I you know I I go see the stat whenever I go up there now. I always go pay tribute. I go over there, you know, see the statue, see, you know, go. I took the background tour of like some of the offices when I came over there recently. So I, I'm still just real connected to that. That's a real special something for me. It has a connection for me. So you knew all the uh, Lady Vols back when you was on campus, huh? You party with them? We were all like, we, you, you know how it is. We, we all had, because you share those same experiences. Like it's different yeah. sports, but you all, had that feeling of I don't feel like going to practice today. Your ass gotta go. I don't feel like you know you got those that pressure, the expectations. We all either you different sports, different genders, but we all share that same experience, and we know we all connect on that level of we're all in the same place. That little bubble, all that stuff. We're in the same vicinity. We're all seeing each other mm-hmm. every, day, every other day. So you know, we all connect that way. It's it. You know, you know that's a family, Bobby. Yeah. My shirt says yeah. the long, the long orange line never breaks, uh, and that's so true. It doesn't matter if you you played, you know, in the '90s and the 2000s and the '80s. It doesn't really matter if you wore that that orange. If you were a volunteer, VFL is VFL, LVFL is LVFL, as y'all see. You know what I mean? So it's it's you you enjoy. It's almost having more brothers and sisters or cousins that you can go support and they're going to challenge you. I mean, I don't got with everybody, football, basketball, swimming, uh, track, rowing, like literally I hung out with everybody because if you invest in your blood, sweat and tears, I got respect for you. Right. Cause I mean, there's nothing about when we, we, we lose to like floor because for one thing we knew when we played at home, if you look behind us, like you see all the different sports, like everybody right there, they see it, they know. What's going on? You, you know, you lose the floor to somebody, then you got to go back to the cab and you got to look at everybody like, <laughs> like what's what's up? So it, it, it's it's a good sort of pressure that way. You know, people put, like I said, the lady about like they were winning the whole time we were there. So they were putting the pressure on us to do something anyway. So that's just, just what it was. You couldn't be around there and not have to look at and live up to that excellence that they were putting out there on the court. So... <clears throat> Yeah, I, I was in living in Knoxville during that three-peat, and that was just uh, – I, I can't even put into words, Jeff, what what kind of excellence that was. You just knew. I mean, the whole ball team, yeah. uh, all the Meeks. I remember – who was it? Randall. One of them said something about, well, I'm a gamer. I, I, I get activated when I smell the popcorn. And Pat said, well, if you don't rebound and get back on defense, you ain't going to be playing. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's Randall. Yeah, that's, that's I was gonna say that sounds like Samika. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely. Oh, of course. So I stood like that. That group, you know, Samika. Even when you know after we were playing a little bit, when she would come in town, when she was the Mystics, we hang out. We still check in, talk. I talked to Samika Samika earlier in the year when she got a job coaching with them. So like these are people. Those are lifelong. It's family. Like you said, it's not just friends or whatever. No, that, that's family. We're all you know. 
connected by that common thread. Well, you said something. I I think it was you, Alexis, said something about you know you you wear that orange and it's that blood, sweat, and tears. That reminded me of something. I I want to ask Jeff. Somebody told Fred White one time, and you know Fred can talk. He's one of the best talkers there is. And he said, "You want me to get in a fight? Tell me my education's free." Oh yeah. And so, that so whole thing player, about players getting paid and all that stuff. How do you feel about players getting paid of something? You know, using their likeness, like Fred said, you know, they're using the same skin color, the same stats, the same height, same number. They know it's him. Well, I, I remember sitting in the, the basement of Gibbs Hall in, like, what, the 90? Yeah, 98, because I was on the 98 game, and we're sitting there in the lobby in the players' lounge before we had a real players' lounge. And I'm sitting there, I'm playing the game. It's number 92. It had me play, it had my position, it had everything. Everybody, you know who it is. And everybody's eating off there except for us. And mm-hmm. when somebody said, you, if you want to get me riled up, start talking about a free education. <clears throat> I understand what we had. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and being blessed to be able to go do that. But again, like Dude said, like Fred said, there's nothing free about anything that we do. And, you know, looking at the situation, you, you I, I did actually did, I wrote a paper about this when I was in school, just the amount of money, the long line of people like you, and you look at it right now, it's, it's an insane number. You start from the 80 down, the 80, the coach, the assistant coaches, you have assistant coaches making a million dollars, the bonuses are just insane amounts of money, you know, they, they deserve, they work for it, they deserve it, but everybody in that equation is benefiting to a level that it exceeds what the players that that is because you, you look at the numbers of what the education you know what the tuition and cost and everything that's a that's a it is not a drop of, in the bucket it's a vapor of a drop of a drop in the bucket of what they generate and you look at what's going on right now I think it was the LSU said that they would if they don't play football this year they're going to lose was it some insane number oh, yeah. million dollars they yeah, yeah. Cool. So the leverage right now that these players have is insane because it's not just the athletic department is going to go under. Mm-hmm. It's the, the schools are masquerading as institutions of higher learning, but they're professional football franchises or what they are right now. And you have a couple of other sports like Lady Balls always put money out there. They, they, they made their money. You have other, like other sports at other schools that will make their money, but the way they exploit football has gotten to, and it's been exposed right now as to what it is. So right now, to, to say the players, like, they should be in hazard pay and not getting any pay. The, to go out there and risk what they're doing, and the only reason they're doing it right now is because these schools can't afford not to do it, tells you everything you need to know about what mm-hmm. it is or not. I've never understood why mm-hmm. the rules are different for football, basketball, and baseball and all that stuff. They're just not the same. It seems like they penalize the football players more on that kind of – like extra jobs and and it just mm-hmm. it just seems that way to me. I, I may be wrong. Well, it, I, I don't I don't think they penalize it more. I think you, you just have more play. Like you have 85 or 90 football and you only have 10, 15 – basketball players and it's like the, the chances of something happening with 95 people 90 people you're just going to see it more with football and well, you, on football. basketball you can declare for the draft you can't do that in football <clears throat> and you can change your mind in basketball and come back as long as you didn't hire hiring, hiring an agent or something i don't even that just changed that rule here recently yeah. they're, they're protecting their investment they're, they're keeping the control over that 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 cash cow 
Yeah. They want to keep them in school longer. They want mm-hmm. their product to be something too because it's generating money. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of why you see the rule that don't give me to the NCAA. That's a whole other conversation <laughs> have about them, but you know. <clears throat> yeah, man. The NCAA is modern day slavery. Yep. Seriously. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, I'm sorry, yo. <clears throat> Let me get on some of these comments. Go balls, go gators, go dogs. <laughs> oh yeah, we got Jeff on YouTube. Half the most of the people aren't even Tennessee fans over there, but they're good people. Yeah, but they love the show. They love the uh, differing opinions. Makes it interesting. Rachel uh, Henderson says, "Hey guys, I'm late." She said that earlier. She's always what, late. Rachel? You late? You ain't never late, right? <laughs> Come on, man. You ain't never late. Um, and I don't know this Jason Taylor dude talking about weed. We not talking about weed, bro. What are you talking about? Like he talking about it's legal in Colorado. I live in Colorado and it's legal cannabis over there. Thank God. I wish Tennessee and Alabama legalized cannabis over there. I'm yeah. high and it's fun. Yes. Okay. I mean, okay. great, bro. Great. Uh, I got a question for you, Jeff. If if we were to pay the college players, what would be the scale for a year's salary? Five stars gets a million, three stars getting 250. How would so, you do that? So, no, the, the, the general way to do this is to you, – you can't have – for one, five stars is a high school rating, and it has nothing to do with what you did in college. But everybody – the only way to make that work, I think everybody at the college level has to get the same thing. The, the way that that person who is a star athlete is going to get paid more is off their likeness. Let that person who can sell their jersey, sell their memorabilia, like, like they're going to buy – Peyton Manning's jersey, like my teammate before they were going to buy mine. Peyton's going to make more money than me. He should. Me and Peyton get the same stipend or whatever you said that, and it's across the board for every school. It's not like University of Texas can pay more than the University of Tennessee, so we're going to have this thing where I'm going to recruit, I'm going over here. No, it needs to be across the board for everybody. But, again, Peyton can sell his jerseys and sell a million of them, and I sell two. Then Peyton should sell his million jerseys, and I sell two. And we get the same stipend. That's how you have to do that. You can't stagger it based on the talent level. That's not going to work. I, I actually, I like that idea. It also kind of forces you to grow into that entrepreneurial mindset, that business mindset early. And you market you if you market yourself, as long as you do it within the team, the confines, you're not hurting what you're doing as a team. Then mm-hmm. that what you do, what you sell out here, and it's above board. That that's on you. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. Bobby, we got anything on Facebook besides Rachel? Yeah, in Justin late? Sanday said, "Hey, catfish, we're going fifty and oh. Yeah, we're going fifty and oh. That's just an inside <laughs> joke. We're going to before I die, we're going to go fifteen and oh one year. I just feel it. I just feel it. What do you think about the football team this year, Jeff? If we play a whole season, what are you thinking? I got us going seven and three on them ten games. That's where I got us." I'll be completely honest with you because, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll say, I've said it to everybody, so I have to be consistent about what I say right here. I have a hard time even getting into it because I don't think they should be playing right now. Um, okay, fair. I'm a, but if you, if you, I, I still, I mean, it's my, my school and I still follow from what we've, what we're bringing back and some of the young guys that we have. And, you know, I did early on look at the schedule and understand who we're playing with. I think that's seven and three, eight and two. It's fair, uh, but you don't know what we're gonna do because you've had to stop practice. You got because you, you, there there could be some teams that we're playing against. They lose twenty players to COVID, or they couldn't practice, or I mean, you don't know. So right. that's, it's it's kind of hard to to 
to get into it and to watch it because there are so many unknowns. I just think it would have been smarter to – and I, I think the Big Ten is about to make a mistake. They, I think they came in the pressure. They're going to reverse what they did, and I think they had the right in the, in the first place to just try to play it in the spring. You're going to lose some guys that you know to the, that were getting ready for the NFL, but it's college football. So what, you got 90 kids and somebody that wouldn't have played would have to step up. So I just – I, I, the eight, the seven and three, eight and two. I think that's about where we are. Could be better. Like that's that's a floor for where we are. But I just think we're 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 you know the arrows pointing up for us. So I'm disappointed. It's not we're not going to get a chance to see exactly you know in normal conditions what we could do. But you know if they if they go ahead and play it, I'm always going to support. I'm always going to stand behind them. But you know my stance is my stance. Well, let, let's just, let's piggyback on that. And this is going to be a question for Alexis and you, Jeff. And this is Alexis' show, but I got to pop in here because you said something. You don't think they should be playing? No. Okay. There was a lot of people, that, and I get to see the, all the comments on these articles and on the videos and stuff, that a lot of people in Knox were upset with Pruitt for canceling practice because of COVID. But then he goes out and marches that same day. Mm-hmm. I have an opinion. I'm sure you have an opinion. And that seemed to be a, a pretty common theme in the comment threads. I want to hear y'all both respond to that. To which piece? Oh, well, I'll let Alexis go first. Wait, are you talking about hit the how, canceling of the yeah, practice? How, how, and, how they canceled it for COVID, but that same day he was uh, protesting on the streets with everybody else. With a mask on? Mm-hmm. Okay. My thing is you're not playing football in a mask. Number one. Number two, he is marching for justice. Mm-hmm. And if you can't respect that, I got some choice words for you, but I'm going to leave them inside of here. But I think that it, it was a great representation of Tennessee and our stance um, on unity, on racial injustices. And I think that as a football coach, such as Pruitt, when he does that, it's saying, you know what, Tennessee fans, we are here for more than just football. Um, oops, my bad, guys. I know I turn my notifications <laughs> off. Sorry. <laughs> Let me do that right there. But um, we're here for more than just football. And, you know, if y'all don't like it, don't 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 say you're a Tennessee fan. Don't say you support the players. Don't say that it's it's more. It's not just a game. It's just a game. If you're mad that he marched for racial injustice instead of having practice where they will be unprotected during this COVID crisis, bro, miss me with that shit for real. <laughs> so I yeah, wanted you, y'all to I wanted y'all to have an opportunity to give a player's perspective. So I, I'll give you mine too, and you you hit a lot, Alexis, on, on what I was saying because you 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 going out and practice in each other's face, following and tackling on each other is different than me walking outside and also outside but having a mask and you can separate yourself and you're not on top of someone breathing on someone you know it, it is when you bring a large group of people together you know talking about COVID protocol but there's a certain there's there's certain things you can do to remain safe and have a certain protocol when you're marching that you can't do on a football field and I, having to explain that to somebody I, I don't understand why you have to break that individual part of it down because you're on top of someone tackling somebody. So yeah, to everything that Alexis said, you know, that, and for me, if I'm going to risk my health, I would rather risk it for a cause than for a game. If you want to really get down to it past all of the other stuff we're talking about, but if I'm going to risk 
my health. It's going to be for something bigger than the game. And I know people don't want to hear that from an athlete because they wanted everybody to think that sports is everything, that your favorite team, and every, it means the world. Like when I hear certain players like I die on the field, that's bullshit. I'm not, I, I'm not going to die on the field. I'm going to give you everything I have, but I'm not willing to just go die for a game. And, you know, right. that, that's just – and I know it's hyperbole for a lot of people, but you know, some people believe that. Uh, no, it's, it's certain – some things are bigger than sports. and they, These are some things in the optics of it, like you said, to have proof because there's certain coaches – some other teams that wear orange, I'm not going to say his name. Their, their coach is on the opposite end of that spectrum. Now, his players are doing one thing, but you don't have that same kind of support mm-hmm. from a lot of other coaches. And as a player, that means something to a player. Like, I go run through a brick wall or get knocked out trying for somebody that I know supports me as a person, not just as a football player. Right. So, and, and that's just being a decent human being and a good person and it, it transcends football and, and sports. So yeah, I'm not like if you if you if you can't if you can't understand that, then you you don't you're not trying to understand it. You don't want to understand it. And I I don't give you a bunch of airtime I'm trying to convince you because you can't Well there's a lot of a lot of all fans feel that way and you, you know you know the dynamics going on in Tennessee. I do, but and I asked like I'm on. The, I had to get off the boards because if, if people I like like why are you? They like why are you in here? Because they know you're like yeah. When I asked that question, I'm like when I say I'm gonna go back to real quick about they shouldn't be playing. And there's a study out there right now. It's like there, there's some there's a player Clemson, a top rated player who still suffered. He had it in the spring and he's still suffering from some yeah. after effects of COVID. And you ask somebody, so so what's the for an athlete? Somebody it's a respiratory disease. Someone who's Everything that they do counts on their respiratory system. Like, what's the long-term effects of mm-hmm. COVID? How the hell you know what the long-term effects are and it's been around for six months? Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, for that amount of time. So, if nothing else, they needed to take this time to st- to look at that and stay yeah. at risk putting people at hell. Like, you know, they, and they, they give you that thing. And it, it's always been around. And you see it in sports and football. It's like either you're hurt or you're injured. And they're hitting them with that same stuff right now. It's just like, well, you can, you're fine, you're, you're okay. Like, why wouldn't you want to play? If you leave it up to the player, like these guys, like they want to play. The hell you think an 18, 19, 20-year-old football player is going to say, I want to play? If you ask them, you, that's just like, you know, you have to protect people from themselves sometimes. And the grown-ups in the room, just sit, they're sitting there right now just watching people, you know, but for other reasons other than the, the absolute benefit, well, wellness of these kids. I was thinking the other day about, and I wanted to ask Alexis this. So I'm going to ask you another question, Alexis. What do you think? You you, you spent a lot of time with Pat Summit. Can you channel her and tell us how she'd feel about the world today? Not only the COVID, but the protests, Black Lives Matter. What would she be doing if she was coaching right now and she was on the hill? What what would she be saying? What would she do be doing? Honestly, I, I, I think she would be also a coach that's walking down all throughout uh, uh, the campus, but other places as well. I think you would see Pat even doing video type things, you know, because she didn't have all this video access that we have social media and stuff now. But if she was here, I guarantee she would have little segments of her fighting the injustices because that's who she was. Pat loved all of her players like we were her daughters. She actually made us feel, and I'll speak for myself, but it made me feel like, 
this is my home away from home. This is a safe haven. Now she can't control what happens. And I never shared some of my, some of the racial things that I ran into, the racial slurs that were thrown at me when I'm out in Knoxville. Um, but I guarantee she would have st stood up for me because that's who she is, even being a white woman in Tennessee, born and raised. Um, and I also think that she would be 110% supportive. I'm sorry, 110% supportive of not having a, a football season, like Jeff said, right now. I think she would be someone who would speak up against it. Let's say we shouldn't, you know, push the issue due to money. Uh, what What's best for these kids? And I don't think that that she would do it, to be honest. She was always for the kids, and she tore down a lot of uh, barriers. Title 19, for one. She's mm -hmm. credited with a lot in that area, so I think she'd be right there kicking butt and taking names right now if she was around. Absolutely. She fights for what's right. She she teaches us to do what's right. So I could not in a million years foresee her still being here today and not fighting for what's right. That's good stuff. Good stuff. <sighs> Anybody else over there on YouTube? Nah, Jason Jason got off his cannabis kick, and uh, <laughs> he said he's just sick of Tennessee being a laughing stock of college football. Me too. So outside of that, I'm gonna, let, me, let me ask Alexis a question, because we, we touched on this a little bit. Um, I, I want, From your perspective, player perspective, what is the – and it's a couple-part question, so let me ramble for a minute, then I'm going to toss it to you. What is the purpose of the NCAA? Because if – if we ever needed the NCAA, we needed them in 2020 as a safety net. You, you shouldn't have to make decisions about money versus kids' lives. The fact that the NCAA, with the amount of money that they hoard away every year, that there's not something in place to help these athletic departments or some type of insurance or whatever the case, whatever the case may be, to where, look, we can – we can cover some of these losses and we can offset some of these losses for right now until we figure this thing out and figure out a better way to do this and adjust the schedule for a year to we're in a better place. The fact that they don't have anything in place, they don't have, and you have out of the five major conferences, you have what, three of them playing right now, two of them aren't, and the NCAA is sitting there twiddling their thumbs, having nothing to say about it. Like, what the hell are y'all doing and what is your purpose? if not to do something in a situation like this. What is, what is your take on that? What is the purpose? What are, the NCAA, I already told you, that's modern-day slavery, in my opinion. Um, and like you said, this is the perfect time. They want to control everything else, what you do, what you don't do, how you get there, transfer, everything that a player or an athlete, a student athlete, is required to do comes from the NCAA. Right. So... Like you said, two things. Why don't they have why didn't they have something in place? Number one, or at least within the first couple months begin to put something in place if they right. didn't have it. And then number two, where's this money going? Where's this money going? <laughs> where's it going? Where's, going? where's, where's it going? going? Where is it going? You're you're literally making millions, billions of dollars mm -hmm. off these student athletes. And we can't help them stay safe. Like, I really truly believe, I know it would be hard because we're students first, athletes second, right? Student athlete. And we can't technically in college form a bubble situation like the NBA and the WNBA did, right? 
where you can literally say, okay, I can watch you go in and out. You I think basketball is going to do that. I, I do think basketball is going to do that to a certain degree. I, I, I think they could have done that to a certain yeah. conference. I think you could do that. You take the classes online anyway, so why could yeah, you? That is true. That is true. You could do it online, and I feel like as long as people are getting the help that they need, like if you need extra tutoring or whatever, as long as they virtually have that set up, I think that's a great idea. But again, who's going to pay for it? Right. Well, and, and the, 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 I, I said about five years ago, within 10, 15 years, that the Power Five is going to break away from the NCAA anyway. I think it'll be within the, it'll be, it may be within the next two, three years now because they see they don't need them. Like, what was your purpose? Like, why are we, and they're not, controlling anything they're not supporting anything they're not having any kind of infrastructure you don't have any kind of uniformity like you said every you have something to say about socks about visors about belts about the size of like the, how far the jersey can come down you you get down to the minutia of that but now you're sitting there and you got three conferences playing tonight and it's like people postponing games and people doing whatever some people it's only conference it's like it's a it's a shit show now and you're in the ncaa sitting there doing what the NCAA seems like some sort of mafia. Nobody know who runs the NCAA. I mean, you hear you say NFL, you know that's Roger Goodell. I want to know what the dude's paycheck is, and follow the money. I I bet you he makes millions and millions, and that's why they're not doing anything because that's the cash cow. Yeah, their only job should have said, in in the best interest of our student athletes, we are postponing all sports for the remainder of twenty twenty. And then we'll go from there. I honestly believe that's what should have happened. It gives people time to adjust. I mean, I miss sports. I mean, it, it, it kind of messed with my mind and my anxiety because this was my first full year of retirement. I was excited to be home for sports. I was excited to be so close to Knoxville to be able to get there for games um, and not just, you know, one or two women's games, but to go watch a football game. I, I don't remember the last time I've been able to go to a Tennessee football game um, in Knoxville. So, I mean, shut it down. It's going to take one, and it shouldn't happen to anybody, and I pray this doesn't happen. But what happens What happens if a, a kid that has asthma or pre-existing conditions or even a perfectly normal kid gets COVID in, a, in, in such a bad way that they never recover, with, like they die from it? So I, and you, you, I just want to give a, you know, I try to, I, I give my personal accounts, but I try not to get two, but I think it's, it's, it, it fits right here because my daughter is a division one athlete at, a, at Virginia Tech. She runs track, but she also has asthma. So mm-hmm. we had to make a decision. She had to opt out of until the foreseeable future because like the workouts and we, we looked at the protocols that they were putting in place and it wasn't good enough. And it like, I keep hearing this, what's well, the safest place for them to be, but you still keep seeing the cases pop up like crazy. But these kids are playing football and they're going back to campus with these people who are having COVID parties and everything else. And it's just like, we we, we can't put her in that situation. So and it's, it's the same thing. She, she's in that same universe with all these other athletes. And Virginia Tech has already postponed two football games. It's... It's a. I don't think the seasons the ones that are playing are gonna make it through the end of September. I I, I don't know how it's gonna happen. You have forty four players missing practice. You have to stop a scrimmage. Like, why are you still trying to do this if you have to keep doing that? Um, yeah, I think if you think that one year, if, if this whole thing that that's the ultimate living, that's the the macro scale of living check to check. If you can't take off one year or postpone one year, and the whole system crumbles. 
because you postponed one calendar or one football season that something was wrong with the system, and that goes back to the NCAA. Yep, and uh, Herbert said it said it best, and I think you said it also. Get rid of them. Get rid of the NCAA. They're not doing nothing. We don't need them. Um, because this this was their perfect time to show us who they are and why they're there. <laughs> this was their perfect time to say, oh, you know what? I see why. Like that that was their moment to shine. And they right. failed miserably. They they were like, they were oh shit like everybody else. And it was like, well, what are we gonna do? They scrambled and they didn't have anything to scramble to. And to your point, okay, I get you were caught off guard, but two, three, four, five, six months in, and you still don't have anything. Two months in, they should have. You know, two months, two, like, yeah, the first, the first at the beginning, it's like, all right, I get it. But you, two months in, you should have had something in place. We've yeah. learned a lot about COVID. There's been employers that learned that they don't have to have their workforce come in anymore. They can all, most everybody oh. can work from home now. And that I used to be to a perk. Ever. I, yeah. like, I, can, I, I was, cause I traveled a lot and I worked from home. I worked remotely. Anyway, but it's just like, what, what do I need an office for? I, I I would travel to the West Coast for, I would fly four hours to go to an hour and a half, two hour meeting, stay, turn around and fly back or just fly right back. Like, what was the purpose? I could have done this over Zoom. I could have done a Skype call. I could have done, like, nowadays when you don't have a choice, and that's what we do, we adapt as humans. And it's like, mm-hmm. you get to certain things. And yeah, they see it's changing the whole world. And it's like, there's certain things that shouldn't go back to the way that I wonder if it's too late to buy a Zoom stock. It is too late. I, I like you know what? So at some point, <laughs> well, Microsoft, Microsoft team though is it's still low enough to where they, they still have enough room to grow. Zoom is kind of capped out, but yeah. Microsoft team that but that's that stock is hard. So I that that has some room to grow. Yeah. Wow. Anybody else over there on YouTube? We got a bunch of them over here. Ra Ra Belk is uh, commenting over here. He said it's that's kinda, that's uh yeah I know him. That's that's one of my people. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my. What they say? I ain't got, I ain't got nothing, Bobby. What they saying on Facebook? I can't see it. Uh, he just said. I guess he was uh, referring to the uh, the comment that um, canceling practice for COVID, but he can go protest the same day. He said, "Well, it's a contact sport, I'm sure." So, and he yeah. said, "You're telling it like it is." We got a lot of people over here watching. What's anyway. up, hey y'all? What up? What up? What up? Thank y'all for joining in with myself and Bobby Catfish and Jeff Coleman, volunteers in the building. Um, hey, keep the questions coming. You know, we'll be up here. We're gonna wrap it up here in a little bit. But while we're on here, y'all got any questions for me or Jeff? Holler at us, man. Jeff was bragging the other day, Saturday. Yeah, you were bragging about how <laughs> much you knew about Lady Vols and how much you hung out with them. Tell me some stories. We want to hear some stories now. Come on. Not yeah. That. yeah. See, that's, the, that's, the, that's the code. I, I can't tell. I, I give you the general stories. I will, I though, I'll I take can't, general. I can't, I can't go any further than that. All right, I got a, I got a question, Jeff. Yeah. Who... Who was the wildest lady ball during your tenure in Tennessee? Oh, see, now you got to remember, so when I give you the years, you're going to, like, now I'll tell you, I'll give you the wildest, like, crowd the group. So I, I left in 98. Right. That, that class that came in in 98 and 99, everybody was a little bit buttoned up before that. That particular class, that was, like, with Ace and that group, like, no, Ace, no. so that class right there was, like, out of here. They were, like, <laughs> They gave Pat a run for her money. They they gave her like she look she I know she out here look she gonna look at a Shalana that that group 
Because everybody else was like so kind of buttoned up and professional when they got there. They yeah. had a good time too, but that that group, that 98, 99 that came in. So that that, that must have been the shift. Cause I know by the time I took my my uh visit, my official, Wallace. It, was, it was lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I just love hearing stories, you know, all these VFLs I've got to hang out with, knowing Billy and just it's just amazing. So the the code. Y'all really are brothers. She talked I was talking to him about Dyron. I said, Man, you need to get on the show with Dyron because y'all would argue it out and then y'all be best friends when you're done, you know, because there's a code of brotherhood. So it's funny you say that because we did have and it, it's funny because it's public we didn't mean for it to get that way because it's usually like we'll call when it gets to a certain level, it's like you call or you text you whatever. So we had, it was something on this page. We started going back and forth. You know how you get caught up in the moment sometimes. And it's like, we just went. Billy said he tagged you on purpose. Right. And people, <laughs> yeah, people seeing it, well, they they think, what, they're like, oh, man, they like, they hate each other. And it's like the next thing you know, it's like, love you, bro. Love you, man. It's like, it's, it was, to us, it was nothing. And it's like, I, I told you, if you can't, if, if, if I can't, if you're friends, you can't argue, disagree or something like that and be okay then something was off about that relationship. We got to be able to, like, check each other or, you know, tell you something you don't want to hear, disagree with you, whatever the case may be, and still be okay. It's, it, that has to happen for, for it to be a true relationship like that. For sure. Family fights, man. Family fights. Fight, like, we only fight, fight. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Until me and some others had a, like, I got way too old for that now, but every time we see each other, it's like we just start, like, wrestling and fight really, like, not fighting, fighting, but like wrestling, like trying to take each other out for yeah. years, for like 20 years before we finally was like, I can't do this no more, man. I was like, I'm, I'm done. We're like Peter Griffin and that chicken, man. It's just like going back <laughs> on site. It's like, boom. But I, I can't do this no more. Man, I've, I've heard so many stories. i tell you who I'd like to hang out with. I'm not a football player, but if I could pick a player, it'd be Bill Duff. Bill Duff, man, I'll tell you what. The, fun, the funniest thing I have about Bill Duff is, like, you, you see Bill Duff now. He's ball. Bill yeah, Duff he's been on the like, show. Uh, yeah. He used to look like Andrew Dice Clay. You know, he's from Jersey. I mean, he had the, the Jersey swoop loop. So, it was one year we were in camp. And you know how sometimes people would shave their heads or whatever before camp. But I could tell Bill had that. Like, it was received just yep. a little bit. I said, Duff, I was like, don't cut your hair off, man. I said, it's not growing back. And it's like, it's a wrap. I was like, don't cut it. Keep that bouffant you have, that little cold hole. I was like, don't cut it, bro. He cut that thing off. It was, it was over. He been ball-headed since then. I was like, Duff, just don't do it, man. So Duff is a good guy, man. And that's one of those things about family. He, he you know, we still stay connected. We talk through Facebook. You know, he was, he was doing, he does hospitality and things. He was in Cleveland. Yeah. And I had a death in the family and had some family going up. And we needed hotels. He's like, whatever you need, like, we do it. It's just that's just the type of thing and just the type of people just our, our, our family is. That's the way we are. So I was surprised at how quiet he was on the show because he was an animal on the football field. Yeah. An animal. And he was just all quiet and calm. It just, it just blew me away. <laughs> well, you know, that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. Yep. We got a, we got a question. Uh, <clears throat> Herbert said, Hey, Lady Ball, um, how was it to put on a championship ring for the first time? And you're talking about NCAA championship, right? Because I, I did put on the SEC ring before that. Um, 
But it, it was it was surreal, man. It's just like that's what you fight for. That's what you practice for. That's what we get killed in preseason for. That's what you fight through injuries for. And once it, you know, that final buzzer goes off and it's it's just like a big old celebration. I'm getting chills right now talking about it. You just gave me, I just got the same thing, man. <laughs> I got chills right now talking about it. And it's just like, this is what you dreamed of. That's why I came to the University of Tennessee to play for Coach Pat Summit is to win championships. Period. And so that was that was a great feeling. It looked like Jeff been to grab that thing for us. <laughs> yeah, Billy's got uh, one downstairs. Yeah, that's nice. Oh man, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, that yeah, was how it felt for me. What about you, John? How did it feel? You know, it was it was different for us because I, mean, I felt the same, a lot of the same thing because you put so much work into it. And from the time I got there, you know, that was a that was a goal of ours because we were good every year. We were so close so many times we were right there and uh we lost five games in four years lost three games to florida so that last year and to be completely and i tell people this to be completely honest if you and if you watch the aftermath of that florida 98 game that was the national championship celebration right there mm-hmm. because we had tried so hard to get over that hump but once we finally beat them now we still had to fight and we had to you know worm had to pull us out and some other stuff had to happen but for us mentally, that was the the hurdle we had to get over. It was a little anticlimactic. Like after, if you watch the watch after we beat Florida State, and if you if you put that beside when we beat Florida, it's completely subdued. People, we were happy. Don't get me wrong. It's like we were happy, but it became after that game. It became like uh, it was it was I won't say monotonous, but we just like we got to we got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it. Um, we were the ha- we were happiest after winning that game, but once you have, I think years later is when, like you can never take that away. It's like you're a champion. Like that's that's it. You, no one can take that away from what your team did and what you did. That that that's something that lasts forever. There's not there's only so many people that can say that, and that's one of those things to where, like you said, the chills you get just thinking about how hard it is to do it. It's like, we could have won two two others, but we didn't. And it's not that we weren't as good, but it's just like a lot of things have to happen. Uh, right. It's just something that you can't take away. Well, as a fan, it's funny you say that because now that I'm looking back at it and I'm kind of measuring my emotional meter, when I, you mentioned 98, obviously you remember, the first thing that comes to your mind is Billy Ratliff jumping on that fumble. Then the Florida game. And there's a couple of things, you know, Dion Grant getting that interception in Florida, the missed field goal at Florida. Then you start hitting the plays in the championship game. That's regular season. Those are the things you remember before the championship game. Yeah, you remember Peerless getting the, yeah. the touchdown and, and D. Good getting the pick six. But it's that, those two two things come to you first as a fan. I have a quick that, that makes me think about something I have for Alexis. So you know with us, we played what 13 games? Mm-hmm. You guys played what what the year you won the championship, how many games did you end up playing total? Ooh. Was it 30? It's 30, 30. It's almost 40 games, basically, the whole season. If you go all the way to the end, it's it's right. almost 40 games. So so tell so I'm thinking about that mentally, like the grind that you're going through. Cause, Cause, you guys have like these phases. You have early in the season. You may have a preseason game, not not preseason, but an early season game where you play some one of these top ranked teams that's out of the conference in the country. You know, you have that going on. Then you get to the conference, and then you go through the the conference tournament. Then you go through the NCAA tournament. 
for me, I'm thinking it's like that our season is much more condensed. How do you the mental grind of what you have to go through to come out of that on the end and in the tournament? I was always jealous of <laughs> basketball players because you have a turn because with us until now, now they have a four game you know playoff. But before now, someone could always say, "Well, so and so." You I, for me, it was kind of tainted a little bit because it wasn't a real tournament type thing. So right. go through that whole grind and go through a tournament. Tell me a little bit about how you mentally get ready for that and go through that. Uh, I, I got to give hats off to, to Heather Mason, our strength and conditioning coach at the time, because we did more than, than run and lift. We had literally mental practices. We had She would have us do things where we had to rely on each other, where we were dog tired you feel like passing out or you think you can't go no more. And she pushes you past that. And that's the epitome of our season right there. You have, you go through your preseason. Like you say, you have your, your games. The first couple games are the easy ones. That's kind of get you back. Then we start at that time. We had the toughest schedule in the nation every single year. Yep. So we're playing top 25 teams day in and day out with no break. Pat they is come. relentless. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> Yeah, and we got a big old target on our back. And, you know, you can beat Tennessee, whether it's in the regular season, especially in the tournament, you did something. You know what I mean? So for us, it was the drive to say we're the best and y'all not, period. And then also big shout out to the class that I came in with and the seniors and the upperclassmen that were already there my freshman year. Our mentality was just like, it's our turn. I don't care what nobody say. Um, and Pat – she did a great job of challenging us every single practice. Practices were harder than games, man. We're going against men, our practice guys. A lot of these guys could play mid-major or low D1, definitely D2. You know, they could they could hoop. They're athletes. I mean, we got going against people that six six, six seven guys who dunking. Like, these are things that you're not going to come across in the, on the women's side, right, as far as that height and athleticism all in one. Now – you, you see a lot more six six and six seven women playing basketball. But for us, it was like, if we can do this in practice, if we can win these games, then we're going to get through the season. You get injured, somebody, the next person is always ready to step up because of the level that we practice at. We never doubted that, oh, man, so-and-so's out. This ain't going to be good. It was, hey, it's your time. Show out. You know what I'm saying? And then having each other's back. I'm not saying everything was perfect. We had our hard times. We had some losses we shouldn't have had. Uh, lost the SEC, what was that, junior year. Um, lost in the Final Four freshman year. Lost in the Elite Eight sophomore year. And it's just like you don't want to let coach down because you don't want to go to practice the next day when you do that. And then on top of that, you don't want to let your teammates down. And it's just like that's what is we drove each other to be honest I don't I don't think that if we didn't have that cohesiveness I don't think that any of the Tennessee teams would have been as successful as they were like that literally pulled us through somebody tired you don't feel like going to practice like you mentioned earlier your body's aching you know you deaf in the family your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up whatever it is people got shit that's going to affect them and you by yourself as a kid a, a 18 to 21 year old kid not capable of pulling yourself out of that while continuing to stay focused on your craft. Your mind just isn't developed like that to do it continuously over and over and over again through that whole long season, right? We start practice in October and we're going all the way till May. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> and that, 
that's regular season time. Preseason is like two months. Like, yeah, man, it, it was tough, but I think that's it was a us thing. You know, I don't think that if you if you came to Tennessee and you were selfish. Um, or you try to distance yourself from the team, either you're going to end up transferring or you're going to get with it and you'll actually start to enjoy the process. And I think we, we fell in love with the process. And so the outcome reflected that. Okay. So, so you, you know what I told you earlier, it's just like we had just that common thread because you just you hit on a couple of things. It's like it's the same thing that was going on with us. Like you hit strength and condition. John Stuckey, Tom Moffitt, Johnny Long. The group they prepared us, and it wasn't just like you said the lifting. Like the lifting was one thing, but mm. Coach Stucky tested you mentally. He he mm. he put you through it. Like they they they. Oh, I've heard the stories. Mm. They put you through the ringers of you know even though that morning runs, it's like well how much there was never a set amount of reps or whatever we're doing. We go until like somebody throw up or somebody is about to quit and everybody just pull them up. Like they said, they they put you to the brink of all right, how you gonna react when? Your teammate is struggling. Is, is everybody going to leave him? Everybody going, you going to lift them up? Or you going, you know, how are you going to react? How is the individual going to react? So that was one thing that, you know, we had that was similar. That practice being tougher than, than again, like there were outside of the Florida's, the other people, like practice was tougher than like what you saw, what we saw on the other side of our practice field was much tougher than what we saw on Saturdays a lot of times. It was <laughs> like the fights, the whatever else, and everybody compete, competing for a job, competing, you know, trying to be better than you, but yeah. also lifting people up. And that, that next man up, that, you know, that mentality of, like, that 98 team, man, we 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 lost, we had four, three, four, couple first-rounders, like 11, 12 people drafted. I, I tell this story about, like, we have a senior meeting before the season every year with Coach Foreman, and he had us in here, I'm sitting there, you know, it was a couple. You just, we just lost Peyton Manning, Leonard Little, Marcus Nash, like Terry Fair, all these people that just went to the league. And he he told us he was like, he's like, I'm looking around. He's like, shit. We like, what's wrong with Cole? Like, what is he talking about? He's like, man, I don't know if we're gonna be seven and six and five, seven and four. It's just like I, I heard Al Wilson was pissed. No, we everybody was. <laughs> it wasn't just Al, Al, all of us were. Cause okay, I feel this because for one. I felt disrespected because, mind you, I'm going to my senior year. I've been on all these teams. I've, I've started one year. I've played. I've led it. Like, I've been in the thick of it. We have our rotation. This is like, just like before, it's the next man up. So, like, what's different now? Like, just because we lost these top-tier players, it's like we lose top-tier players every year. Why are you coming in here? Maybe you said that. He, now he tells me that I did it to motivate y'all. I'm like, nah, Coach, you believe that shit. It's like, you thought we were going to be – Seven and four, six and five, and we had a chip on our shoulder that whole year. This like next man up. Jamal Lewis gets hurt that year, and we know what Jamal Lewis is. We went to somebody else. Like Al missed games that year. We went to somebody else. We like it just was a constant thing with that team, and we had done it before because when we were younger, these older guys, you know, we were all playing. We were preparing each other to be that guy. And then when we go down, somebody steps up. It shouldn't be that type of drop off. And that's what we talked about that. So yeah, that next best the strength conditioning, practice next man up. And see, that's we all have those same kind of experiences. Mm -hmm. That's what you connect over. How many times did you want to go home, Alexis? Your <laughs> four years. Tell the truth. Oh, How many times did Pat will make you want to go home? Let me tell you something. I almost transferred my freshman year, man. And I and I told Yeah, every everybody that played at Tennessee and probably most schools, you're lying if you say you never thought about leaving. 
Yeah. You're lying because you get tested in a way you have never been tested before consistently. You got to think in youth sports, whether it's school ball, whether it's AAU, you know, whatever it is, it's you practicing two, three times a week. You got tournaments on certain weekends. Then, then you're away from it. <laughs> you're never away from it in college sports. It's always there. And Pat used to remind us we live in a fishbowl. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm tired of living in a fishbowl. I want to do what I want to do. Like, <laughs> so we, uh, Coach and I, we used to we used to bump heads a lot. She actually gave me the nickname. She said, Hornbuckle, you're an I don't give a shitter. I was like, yep. But one thing she also would say is, ask if you ask Hornbuckle, she's going to tell you the truth. Yeah, man, because, I, I mean, I'm just the type of person. If it's wrong, okay, my bad. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And if it's right, you damn right. I'm, yeah, I told y'all. You know what I'm saying? That was me. And Pat's more, she's more humble. So I was, I was out of there, Bobby. I mean, I told, I, I'm pretty sure I told a few people, like, I'm going to UConn just to piss her off. But <laughs> that's kind of hard headed knucklehead I was. Oh, man. I told my mom, I had that, you know, one of the moments, and I, I have to big ups to my mom for like, she told me when I left, it was on coming back. Um, I, I got that situation where I don't know what it was that put me over the edge that particular time. And I called my mom. I was like, I got my stuff packed. Come and get me. Yada, yada, yada. I had all, I was in the Gibbs Hall lobby, sitting in that middle part where the phone was with all my bags. And I'm sitting there. I know how long it takes my mom to get there. So I timed it just right. It's like two, three hours. So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm still sitting there. So like five, six hours later, I called my mom. She answers the phone. I'm like, what are you still doing? I thought you were coming to get me. She's like, take your ass back to the room and just figure it out. Just, you know, whatever it is, figure it out. She's like, you know I wasn't coming to get you, so. <laughs> you know I wasn't coming to get you. So, yeah, we all go through that. We all get tested yeah. to the point. And, you know, now, like, the, the, the thing is now, the difference is that now I think when kids, their parents do come and get them. Or like was the minute something goes wrong, you have to have people around you. Again, you're a kid, you don't always know what's best for you. Right. Like somebody you either need to have people like your friends around you or some adult, somebody who knows more about things in life to just talk you off that ledge and talk you down. And you have to come to your senses yourself. I had, you know, the time where I came to my senses myself. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. It's just like, you know, I just gotta it was on me. It was like, I'm trying to blame somebody else. Like, that's the same stuff as somewhere else. I need to just get right here and, you know, make that right. So, And then that turns you into a quitter. And I was never okay with a quitter. That's because they're like, ah. <laughs> like, nah, she ain't going to beat me. She ain't going to get me out here. Like, I, we, I'm, I'm going to handle my business. It's, it becomes personal. You know, you, you go through that frustrating stage where it's just too much. It's too hard. I don't want to do it. I can't do it no more. And then it's like, wait a minute. I came here because I can. They say yes because they know I can. It's up to me to do it. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, yeah. And my dad, I mean, he support me either way. Uh, but it's more like, hey, you gotta fight for what you want. It's not gonna be easy, but it'll be worth it. And so I just stuck it on out. After that, well, I broke my wrist my sophomore year. So that time that I spent on the bench, I got to see Coach Summit in a whole different light. Not her point guard, right? Because as a point guard, anything that happens on that court while you're there is your fault. So I heard my name a lot. I heard Hornbuckle all the time in practice and games, and it it just got frustrating. Not that I ain't never had crazy coaches or people yell at me because my dad and my uncles coached me. They'll snatch me up, throw chairs. They don't – like, I came up in the crazy. So that that didn't bother me. It was was just more so, like, 
I don't know, man. It's just tough. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to really explain how the, how hard it got so quick, in my opinion, you know, coming from being... Oh, I, saw, I, saw the, some of the I saw the tears that she would bring people to. I, I, I can I have a... I have an idea of what you're talking about. I oh, saw but see, that's the thing. I wasn't a, a, a crier, though. I'm one of them that bark back. So I stayed in trouble, man. Like, you know, if I dis again, if I disagree, I'm going to let you know. Like, I just, okay, well, tell a story. I'm not going to mention my teammate's name. But, all right, Pat, my freshman year, she comes in the, in the, in the uh, dorm, and me and my damn roommate got bottles lined up, you know, empty bottles. You know, that was the cool thing to do back in the day. What kind of, what kind of bottles did you have? Pepsi, Coke? What did you have? <laughs> <laughs> you have? I don't think she would have. I don't think so, she would have. So your freshman, you had E and J. Now that senior, you had some Hennessy. Yeah. Oh, spot on, Jeff. Spot on, bro. Um, and then my son, like, she used to ask me, like, you got a drinking problem? Like, do you have to drink when you go out? I was like, no, I just, I want to drink when I go out. That's why I go out. Like. I don't understand. So she threatened to send me home, right, back to – she said, I send your butt home. I put you on a plane back to West Virginia. And I said, are you paying for it? Because my parents can't afford that. Like, that's not what you're supposed to stay in that instance. You know, I had the same – like, <laughs> Phil, Phil told me, he was like, he's like, don't make you – maybe send you back to Gaffney, South Carolina. He's like, I really <laughs> He's like, I don't want to go back, and I know you don't want to go back either. So, yeah, he, he told me that. So he threatened to send me home more than one occasion, too. Billy told me that he called a bus back to Magnolia and Coach yeah. Caldwell was waiting yeah. on him when he got there. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. We, we, man, we used to have to keep Billy from going home every week. Like, he wanted to go home every week for a good year and a half, maybe two. We used to have that. And he went home a couple times there to go back and get him. It's like that, that. Billy Earl wanted to go home every other day. <laughs> You know, we, had like, talk, we had to talk him down all the time, man. All the time. Man, yeah, I just, yeah, it was tough. I had an instance, we went to a party, right? And I ain't drive because I drank. So I was responsible that night. And <laughs> we get in a car accident. We hit a parked RV the day before a Tennessee football game. Mm -hmm. I'm in the passenger seat, okay? We got practice the next morning. Plus recruits coming in, okay? <laughs> so practice happens. I had a concussion, too. I had a mouth concussion, but I couldn't tell Pat. <laughs> so obviously I practice with a concussion. Uh, don't try that at kids. Don't try that at home, kids. But um, so Pat pulls me into the locker room, like after practice or before the tailgate and stuff. We used to tailgate right at the bottom of TBA. Um, and she was like, Hornbuckle? Do you think it's smart to drink and drive? And I said, Coach, I didn't drink and drive. I did a drink and ride. So, yes, it was smart. Just like that. <laughs> so those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Like, and, and then once I realized, like, Pat is not attacking me. She is challenging me. You know what I mean? She wants me to be a better woman, a better person, more responsible, this, that, and the third. So it took me about till after I broke my wrist to really – calm down a little bit and, and see if for what it was a little better. Not that I wasn't still wild after that. I just, you know, I try to watch my mouth a little more. Somebody said, that's funny as hell. Yeah. Well, I got stories. Oh yeah. That's what I love about this show, but Billy's down there hollering. I smell him cooking. So oh, oh, we no. got to hurry. I'm crank too, this, man. Crank I this go thing dinner, up bro. out here now. So one thing, let me, let me put this out. We're about to wrap it up. So you, you touched on something earlier. And uh, if you if you have me back on sometime, I, one thing I want to talk about is that experience. You know, the the 
the racist comments you may have received yeah. or the issues that you had. And I have my own story. You know, some of, some of the people on my flight, Billy knows this story um, about my situation with the police. The guns pulled on me just right before I left or they made me leave earlier. So maybe once I, we, we can get into a little bit of that. So I, today was a good, I wanted to hear some of these other stories. So yeah, we, if I, if you get, we have you back on sometime, we can talk. Oh, for sure, we're gonna have you back on, man. I, and I definitely yeah. want to have you back on when when Jamel is 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 back home and good. Uh, she's also a great person to talk to. Her stories are crazy. That's you know, we were actually roommates, and she's my best friend. She used soccer, I was basketball. Everybody thought she played basketball though, because we were always together. Um, but yeah, we definitely gonna have you back on. So we'll we'll stay in touch. You know, we we in the same state. You know, you you south, I'm north, but. We'll link up and definitely have you back on here for sure, man. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm on the Charlotte side, though. We're in the same city. We're still in the same place. Yeah. Just, it, it ain't nothing. What, what, how long does it take from late? What, is that 40 minutes? Where we at? Yeah, it's about 40 minutes. Yeah, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. Hey, we don't forget to tell everybody. I guess I'm going to tell them now. We got Commission Bennett Martin going to be on the show next oh, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Holding it down. Yeah. Track and field. Track star. Like, let's go, y'all. I know y'all see us heating up with our guests out here. Y'all keep staying tuned, man. It's just getting better and better. That's that a lot of that big shout out to Bobby. He does a lot of great work on the back end. Um, yeah, she was at the tap house. Her, she brought her son by to see Isaac's boy. And I said, I need you on the show next Monday. She said, You got it. <laughs> oh, that was easy. <laughs> Boom, just like that. You, got, you see what kind of clout? You see what kind of pool Bobby had? I know, man. He the man. I need to, I need to hang out with you more, Bobby. <laughs> Well, take sure. us out of here now. All right, Jeff. Do you before we go out? Is there um, anything you want to share with the people? Uh, whether it's you know you helping the community or whatnot, or or way for them to follow you and, and stay engaged of what you got going on. Um, a lot of people that's out there now, like some of the people, they stay connected on Facebook. That's mo that's mostly where I am. And my thing, I would just leave people with: just let your voice be heard. You know, don't don't just stand idly by and let things, especially something you feel passionate about. You know, stand up, you know, say something, but don't just say something, do something. And um, just whatever that is, you know, stand behind what you feel, stand behind what you believe in, get active, get out, register, vote, be, you know, help other people register to vote, get people out there to vote, vote early because, you know, we have, you know, a lot of us avoid the long lines. Just make your, let your voice be heard. And um, that's it. Absolutely, Jeff. Thank you again for your time and for sharing your stories and your wisdom. Uh, we definitely look forward to you. Yeah, throw it up. Y'all know what that means. Y'all know what that yep. means. And before we close up, you know, once again, thank you again to Tennessee Tap House, um, Hound Dogs in Knoxville, Orange Mountain Designs, um, and also Just Pass It Tutoring. Guys, it's a great time if you're, you, uh, your kids are struggling with school or need to, you know, prep for PSAT, SAT, or the ACT that Just Pass It. Um, that's, a, that's a great option for you. Um, and outside of that, be blessed. And remember, be unfiltered in your truth, y'all. Till next time. Go Vols.